Nighttime Show of the Year at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. This, this is the Aubrey Masango Show on 702. It's 9.30 and uh, we're going to talk about something that seems to be recurring quite a lot in Johannesburg these days. Um, we had a conversation just at the tail end of the year last year about the various fires that Johannesburg has experienced in various cities and it appears that this is something that's happening with happening with greater frequency uh, and uh, on uh, the early hours of sunday a residential building caught fire on the corner of commissioner and nugget streets in johannesburg cbd and at least 15 people were rescued four others were rushed to hospital and two people lost their lives at the time of the blaze the building in the johannesburg cbd had been hijacked and housed hundreds of people and more than 200 families. The tragedy saw 77 lives lost and 61 people injured. Floyd Brink, Johannesburg City Manager, joins us to give us uh, more details. Floyd, thank you so much for joining us, sir. I really, really appreciate your time. Oh, do we know what the cause of the fire was? And yeah, no, Thank you. Thank you, Aubrey, and good evening to you and your listeners. Yes, sir. Um, the information at our disposal, Aubrey, at this point, it, it points to... Um, a case that has been opened against the, the dear old female that indicate that indicated that the case is specifically for arson. Um, it's something that is being handled by by chefs. So indeed, it's uh, it's man-made. It's not something that has been, you know, disaster-related or so. Do we know what the motivations could have been? At this point, uh, on our side, no, n- not yet. But uh, safe to say that we know that she's been charged for arson, murder, and attempted murder. And she will be appearing in, in, in court tomorrow. The hijacking of buildings has become quite synonymous with Johannesburg CBD. And it appears that it's happening with greater frequency. Are there plans to really get... I suppose the city's uh, city to to get it handle around this uh, f- um, this this phenomenon, Floyd. Definitely. Look, um, we do have plans in place. It is a problem. It's a challenge to us, like in any other city. But we do have a multidisciplinary team under the leadership of our group forensic team that started with a, with, with an audit of of the particular buildings. At this case, we can indicate to you we've got about 188 cases that we are investigating. Um, and I'm not referring that that is the final number in terms of um, the number of buildings hijacked. But that, this is what we are specifically focusing on. Majority of those are, are privately owned buildings as well. Um, we are working with other spheres of government because as local government, as the municipality, um, from our roles and responsibility point of view, there are certain things whereby we will be dependent on other spheres. So with this multidisciplinary approach, yeah. um, we will start to tackle um, this particular um, challenge that we are facing. What's the nature of this problem? Why is it that Johannesburg, overwhelmingly, more so than other cities in, Johann- in South Africa, has this problem? Why, what, what is your, your diagnosis of the problem? Look, uh, 
I think from an economic and socioeconomic point of view, we always we always refer to it in Jobuk where we say when people move from another province, they would always say 80% of the time people will tell you we're going to Jobuk for yeah. greener pastures. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, our systems and the economy, um, we cannot take... I mean, we're working on, on, a, on, a, on a figure of about 18,000 people that move into Joburg every month. And that is all, that includes interprovincial and any other. Now, I mean, we might not be able to create those number of jobs. Um, that's the same with the housing backlog. So what is it that will happen at some point? People will then make their own means and ways to be able to get some form of either job or some form of um, housing or, or a place where they would live. And I mean, um, if you look at it from a socioeconomic point of view downstream, um, these are the issues that we will always have and challenges um, as we look at the influx of people into a city of this nature. Is that enough, though, Floyd, that we will always have this problem? Isn't, isn't it perhaps part of the responsibility of any government, local, provincial or national, to figure out ways of, of dealing with the problem more decisively than saying it will always be there? Yeah, indeed, uh, and that's not what I'm saying, that it must be there. Indeed, there's more proactive ways that we would need to deal with this. Um, and I mean, it's, it's something that we need to manage and control from the different spheres of government, and that's the multidisciplinary approach that I spoke about. So as the city of Johannesburg, we will be now approaching other spheres of government that will be able to assist us with funding, as well as to bring in developers. So we've started the process late December, whereby we started to approach the PIC in particular um, to assist us so that we don't just look at uh, individual buildings, Aubrey, but we also look at them block by block, but also precinct planning. So the level of lawlessness is a problem in the city, so we need to look at the public safety and a safer city, which is really one of the priorities of the government of local unity. But again, from a law enforcement point of view, all the different spheres of government from national to set you're in the local government space, your JMPD and others, we need to come together and we should be able to then ensure a level of law enforcement. So it is a challenge, much more needs need to be done, but at least we started somewhere and we can report to you and your listeners that we started to win court cases, um, Aubrey, like, unlike in the past mm-hmm. whereby you would evict someone from a building um, at the time when you return from court, one, you would have lost the case. Two, when you return from court, the very same people that you would have evicted are back into the very same building. So now what we are focusing on is evacuation. We started to win cases. And the, the other challenge that we're now still having is also how do we then place them? So it's now also the part of the backlog as well as the temporary accommodation. But the, the teams are working around the clock in order for us to really address this this problem i had a call uh just a few weeks ago when we had the flooding at the yerkske river river in um in alexander somebody calling in and saying no no but this is a strategy uh amongst other strategies of people coming into johannesburg whether from other parts of the continent or other provinces or other cities for the reasons that you've spoken about uh, for the opportunities that they're looking for uh, that this is a strategy where people will go and and live 
in places that they should not be living on, whether it's near the Yerkeske River, whether it's in a hijacked building, because there is the understanding that if you do that, something's going to happen and then government is fought, forced then to give you decent accommodation. Uh, to what extent have you guys ex- uh, explored the reality of that comment uh, and what can we do about that? Look, housing, housing and the housing backlog will remain an issue for us. I might not be able to confirm specifically on the comment, but what we can say to you also is we do have a court order in our favor. came through, I think, late November, early December, specifically on that area of the Yerkeskei River, whereby we will be able to also evict the people that are on that river banks there because it has also created several issues for us, specifically during the rainy season and so yeah, on. Yeah. And for, I you, for years, my, I mean, for years, this has been the reality, isn't it? Yeah? That, that's correct, Aubrey, and I think that's the point I'm trying to drive. So we had to, to get our ducks in a row in order for us to be able to win these cases and get these orders in our favor. And I can categorically state to you, it has been for years that the city has lost all its cases or most of its cases. And as, at the current level at where we are now, we can indicate to you we've got about nine court rulings in our favor. We're waiting for two more. But again, it's one thing to win the case and it's, a, and it's another yeah. to have a proper strategy on where to place these yeah. people. Yeah. Because for you to be able to place those that you would have moved from a specific building, I mean, there's, we are also, we're also governed in terms of what the legislation states and what we need to do. So it's really for us to find that balance in terms of ensuring that we do not have that level of lawlessness. On the other side, also then still to provide in line with our service delivery mandate and the laws of the country. But we, we seem to be reacting all the time, uh, Floyd. I mean, uh, whether it is the Yerkeskei River or whether it is settlements that are sh- you know, uh, uh, springing up on in Woodmead right next to <laughs> Megawatt Park, um, you know, uh, where we have people who salvage. And, and by the way, I think it's a great initiative that people can get uh, recycle stuff and make a living out of that. But what then happens is that uh, settlements are beginning to arise everywhere in Johannesburg. The hygiene is, 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 is something else. Shouldn't we be more proactive about this kind of thing where people... And we see when these settlements are beginning, when they're starting to spring up, we see them. The, the people are never moved. Um, if they are left there, there is no uh, effort to bring them uh, proper ablutions. And just the hygiene, the, 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 the human um, uh, conditions become worse and worse. I was passing by, you know, as you come off Malibong, where you're uh, heading towards uh, Pretoria, there is another settlement on the left that has started there. Uh, if you go into Lanasia, there's all sorts of settlements that have, but, but the, the, the squalor, the, the grime, the dirt, and probably the crime later on, uh, surely that should be something we deal with proactively rather than reactively, Floyd? That's correct. And, 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 and I mean the mushrooming of informal settlements. Um, it, is, it is a challenge. If you look at the number now, that is more uh, close to 300 or so um, of those informal settlements that would have mushroomed around the city. The problem that you then start to, to then experience there, obviously, is that services need to be taken to them. Now, the legality of that is also problematic. Again, it's an issue of law enforcement, and that is where our teams in human settlements as well as public safety is focusing on. 
we, and this is something that I've always said, I would never come onto a station and indicate that everything is under control. Yeah. So we need to be realistic and truthful to you, indicating to you that um, it is a problem to us. Um, certain strategies are in place, but then again, the, the question is how efficient and effective are those because we will be judged on, on how successful we would have implemented those. Yeah. And that is why there will be views that some of these things are reactive. And it might be reactive in nature because due to the mushrooming of those. But again, it's an issue to say what is the capacity that you've, that you've got as, a, as the government and where do you find that balance? Because you still need to balance it sure. in between what it is from a human rights perspective. Sure and your service delivery mandate. But surely there are, there are bylaws. I mean, before a, a settlement mushrooms, two guys are there, three guys are there. Then there's a family, then there's children. Surely before we get there, there should be the kind of policing that says, no, 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 you can't, you can't settle here. Uh, sh- surely. Uh, w- what's the problem there? Definitely. And I mean, it's a... Um even within our own bylaw enforcement unit within JMPD, that is where we need to get that proactiveness in. But through our one department now, Citizens Relations Scrum, um, where we have our inspectors out now, um, that is where we would need now to, to proactively um, inspect the areas and be able to, to communicate that into the JMPD space where we do have our bylaw enforcement. Again, it's a management issue with some of the things that we need to really focus on. But again, if you look at the number of people migrating into the city and the mushrooming of these informal settlements, indeed it's a problem and it's some of the things that we are attending to. And under the leadership of the government of local unity, they are quite clear in terms of these processes linked to the issue of the safer city, which is one of the top priorities within the city. So, so you speak of, of the issues of human rights. Many ratepayers, many uh, yeah, ratepayers are are saying that, sure, the human rights issues are valid in this conversation, but, you know, we are the ratepayers. It appears that our city has abandoned us. Uh, we pay the rates. We are the ones that are keeping the, the, the fires burning, as it were. But, you know, our issues seem to be taken um, less seriously than those who would break bylaws, even though we understand the bigger systemic issues. But our property uh, values go down. Uh, the the government seems impotent as far as that is concerned. How do you respond? Indeed. Again, it's an issue of, of, of getting the balance. We need to work much harder in, 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 in the different areas within our regions, um, specifically from a bylaw enforcement point of view. Um, we do have a rate payers that came forward specifically with these challenges. We do get it during our IDP sessions and so forth. But again, it's an, it's an issue of inclusive housing and, and so forth. But the mushrooming of informal settlements is something that we cannot look away from. And those are the things that we are addressing as we are moving forward. And I mean, you would have seen some work that we would have done in the past few months, um, specifically in, in, in the region G, the Lanasia area, even this way up north as well. So it's just for us to ensure that we work with the other spheres of government and, and relevant departments and entities and continue with bylaw enforcement. Bylaw enforcement is something that we should really ensure that we enforce throughout the city.
Floyd Brink is the city, Johannesburg city manager. Floyd, I want to thank you for agreeing to talk to us. I'm avoiding to talk to the politicians these days because they tend to use these platforms to uh, campaign. And really what we're looking for is to hear what the city is saying. And I, I really appreciate you coming through to talk on behalf of the city uh, and not push some political uh, agenda. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you to you and your listeners. Floyd Brink is Johannesburg City Manager. Much appreciated. No, it's true. And I'm hoping that as we continue, we'll have more conversations with the officials um, for them to tell us what's going on as far as the city is concerned. Because, hey, you invite a political appointee from somewhere. Ah, they hijack the whole thing. Now they want to tell us about their party. Comrades must just please. We want to know what the city is doing. So you'll see more and more, at least on this show, we're going to be speaking to the officials, the people that are supposed to be apolitical, that are telling us exactly what the policies of the city is. We'll create platforms for the politicians. Listen to them. Yeah.